0: Original content, content, compelling discussions, audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production.
1: The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabody. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston-Broom.
0: The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Thanks, Neil.
1: Well, this week didn't get off to a start that anyone can be very proud of. As we start this episode of the podcast, the City of Baton Rouge, like many cities around the country, is dealing with the coronavirus and its impact on our Society and way of life, and all of that. And then, as this week began on Sunday, we had three officers shot, and two of them actually dying. The first incident took place in the aftermath of a domestic violence dispute, or domestic dispute, I should say, that led to the death of Lieutenant Glenn. Hutto Jr., a 45 year old Baton Rouge police officer who was slain in the line of duty. And it also led to the shooting of Corporal Derek McGlone, who, as we speak right now, Corporal McGlone is a seven year veteran. Lieutenant Glenn Hutto Jr. served. The citizens of Baton Rouge for 21 years. He received the rank of lieutenant, a lieutenant posthumously. And I, uh, it, Sunday was was kind of a weird day. The way it started with that with an incident earlier in the day, and then as the evening ended, you had this incident that took the life of. Of this man, and it just, it's, it's pretty terrible. And then Sunday night, a former Baton Rouge police officer was shot. A 41-year-old man, Ryan Horde, who was attempting to fight off a burglar, lost his life. And so, you know, with everything going on right now, with people trying to figure out what tomorrow is going to look like with their businesses and with their families and all of the things that are going on as a result of this virus, you get something like this that just reminds you that there is so much craziness out there. And, you know, there, there, are, there have been people who have been the victim of gun violence even before this. But, I mean, this, it just and it's all senseless. But this, come on. And the guy who, who did this was holed up in a house and then ultimately gave up, surrendered. You know, I could say a lot about, about that, but you can say what you want about these officers. A lot of people probably would have assumed somebody does something like this and this guy would be filled with lead and that didn't happen These men and women did their jobs. They showed amazing restraint with this happening just in the immediate aftermath of two officers being shot and one being murdered at the scene. And the details of what happened there that I'm not going to go into here. And then some of what I saw on social media. Now, I know by saying this, I'm alerting people to it and and I hate to do it, but it needs to be said The sharing of video and photographs from the crime scene. The celebration of an officer being shot. What is wrong with some of y'all? If you truly believe every human life is precious, how the hell can you celebrate this man, a father of four, being killed in the streets like an animal? And that's okay. It's not okay. And by the way, for anybody on the other side who would ask, do you have the same emotion when all this crime is going on in inner city? Hell yeah, I do. That's why I spent so much time and money investing and volunteering in areas, trying to be a part of the solution. Because I don't want to see as much of that going on. But the same thing goes. What did this man do to deserve this? And it's this culture of violence and and. Anyway, there's a a lot more to be said about it, but I I, I won't do it right now. Uh, The mayor president is going to be here today. Mayor President Sharon Weston-Broom giving an update on COVID-19. We didn't do an update last week, and we didn't do this yesterday because of the governor's stay-at-home order being extended another couple of weeks or so. And she's going to talk about the impact of that on her city and the parish and what's going to go on with that. And, you know, and I said this to you guys weeks ago with these shows, I'm not there won't be any politics. I mean, as usual here, I really want to have discussion about what's happening. I've got some of the same concerns you do. I I, as a business owner, I sympathize with everybody who's frustrated about not being able to go to work. And so we'll ask the mayor about that. We'll talk about this crazy Sunday, this tragic, dark Sunday in the city of Baton Rouge. And ask her about what the governor said and then the the status of politics. And actually, on a bright note, there is some good news, big news about something that is coming to the city that's going to be happening here in short order. And she will tell you all about that. But once again, I would like to offer my thoughts and my prayers, most especially to the families of the officer who was murdered, the officer who's still fighting. Now and the other former officer who was murdered on Sunday night. You guys are in our prayers, and we thank you for what for what you do. Mayor President Sharon Weston-Broom will be in studio to talk about the aftermath of the governor's stay-at-home order and what we can expect as we deal with the coronavirus.
0: The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting.
2: Okay, it's someone Yes, someone is shot.
0: The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young.
3: Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot
4: before.
0: Real stories. It
4: was my first love.
0: Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. (laughs) The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young. Exclusively at Podcast225.com.
1: Have any of you out there experienced an unfamiliar sensation when you're out in your lawn or garden and that's being bitten by a gnat? Because I have, but I know a guy who can help you with that. Oh,
3: I can help you with that. John Conroy is here. What do we do about gnats that bite? These are likely what they call buffalo gnats. Okay. They're in the black fly family, yeah. and they do bite yes, with a they vengeance. Do. They'll attack yes. you. Yep. Uh, or it could be midges. If you're okay. in the yard and you're getting bit and you don't see anything, mm. they are either really tiny buffalo gnats or midges. And the best thing you need to do is treat the entire yard with a liquid product. Okay, I know I can get this stuff from you. How hard is it to apply? It's like you can put it in a garden sprayer and you can pull the triggers.
1: (laughs) It's not Brockensite. I can
3: do that in the Baton Rouge area. Where can I get it? Well, in Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or give us a call with questions at 273-4788 because
0: we can help you with that. The issues, the policies, the people. This is The Clay Young Show.
1: back with Mayor President Sharon Weston-Broom, who is here in studio. It's been, well, more than a week since we've had a chance to sit down and give the folks an update on what's happening with the coronavirus. And and Mayor, I want to get to that in in just a second. But first up, as we record this, we had a weekend that was relatively pedestrian, gorgeous weather-wise for the most part. And then on Sunday... Tragedy took place as we had a shooting in North Baton Rouge that started with a resident being shot and killed and moved on to a couple of Baton Rouge police officers being shot, one dying at the scene, the other right now fighting to recover. And then Mm. later that evening, there was an attempted burglary and a former officer gets shot and killed a totally unexpected out of the blue ending to a, a relatively regular Sunday. So, first up, your thoughts on the tumultuous beginning of this week?
4: Well, I'll start first by saying that the Baton Rouge community is grieving uh, over uh, the death of um, uh, Sergeant uh, Hutto. Mm-hmm. Um, who was a 21-year veteran and was uh, killed in the line of duty on right. Sunday. Yeah. And our prayers are certainly um, uh, consistent and fervent uh, for his family. Yeah. And we are also praying uh, for the recovery of the officer, uh, second officer who was shot yeah. and did survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off in uh, critical condition, has now moved to serious condition. So he has made uh, progress. And so our prayers continue for him. And then, as you said, we had a former officer who still had public Uh, was a public servant, if you heard his neighbors talk about him. And he was trying to prevent a burglary or address a burglary, and he was shot in the process. And so uh, it's been a trying weekend. You know, this sitting even in the midst of the invisible enemy Mm -hmm. of uh, COVID-19. But
1: It was not COVID-19 related. Yes. So that is an important point that I think, without going into detail, for everyone to specifically know, that the major and the the, the biggest incident, obviously all of them, the the man who lost his life, these officers and everything, this was not due to COVID-19. No. And I mean, when details come out, people Mm -hmm. will know that, but it was not a COVID-related situation.
4: Right. And some details have already uh, uh, come out as it relates to the... Uh, perpetrator uh, the alleged perpetrator who was involved in an uh, incident earlier Sunday morning where a man was killed Mm -hmm. Uh, so there is some connectivity there between what happened that morning and unfortunately what happened that evening or afternoon uh, with our beloved officers and so Clay my message is this culture of violence Has to uh, cease. Yeah. Uh, we certainly know that our Baton Rouge Police Department is there to serve and protect. Right. And uh, uh, I believe that we should reciprocate that mm-hmm. to them. Uh, I will tell you that I've had uh, conversations and questions from people. I will uh, let everybody know that yes, all of our BRPD officers have bulletproof vests all of them are equipped with bulletproof vests and wear them yeah um obviously there may be another level of protection that we may need to add to their uniform because if an officer uh is struck in any other part Mm -hmm. of his body uh he is vulnerable. Uh, So that is a conversation that I'm having with uh, police chief uh, Murphy Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, But secondly, we need our community to continue to work with uh, the BRPD in terms of uh, building a safe community and exposing those bad actors in our community so we can all enjoy uh, the quality of life, including our first responders, sure. uh, that that we all deserve.
1: You know, and if you have an honest discussion and, with people, and I've said this before, with years of volunteering and helping in, in poor and inner city communities, that the majority of the people who live in those communities are not criminals; they're mm-hmm. not bad actors. And by the way, if you ask them, they want the bad element element gone as bad Absolutely. as anybody else does. Absolutely. And unfortunately, when people refer to those parts of any community around the country they only refer to them by the bad actors not the people who live there who go to work and don't break the law and I think that this was this was a domestic dispute that escalated into something even worse correct so I just wonder you you're wearing a lot of hats right now because of what COVID is doing and how it's it's Mm -hmm. maneuvered reality but You know, what do you say to that? Because the culture of violence stems from so many things, Mm -hmm. education, economic opportunity, uh, broken homes, Mm -hmm. all of these things that contribute to a young person growing up and and having kind of a leaning towards bad activity. How can you address that in an honest way?
4: So we I will tell you that uh, through Organizations uh, like Truce and the uh, Bridge uh, mm-hmm. Center, and our uh, recast grant that we have uh, in city parish government, where we're dealing with traumatic uh, uh, trauma mm-hmm. that has taken place. I will tell you with our Capital Region Promise, where we're trying to make sure that our uh, students have a pathway uh, and can get a vision of going to college and educating themselves. All of the various activities, VIPs, volunteers Mm -hmm. in public schools, all of our organizations and uh, our, our activities and initiatives are all pulling us together around uh, eliminating many of those social determinants. Yeah, yeah. And these social determinants certainly impact the culture of violence, but even as we're discussing the COVID-19 crisis, mm. they impact those social determinants, health, health care yeah.
1: as well. I, I, I heard you recently talk about that, that there has been an emphasis on the impact <sighs> the coronavirus has had on poor and minority communities. And you've consistently talked about pre-existing realities that were in these communities before we even heard of Mm COVID-19 and if you could talk about that because that's that plays a role in in the it's not obviously exclusively the reason but it plays a role in why those numbers are higher in poor communities correct
4: yeah correct and you know um Clay I have um and we've had the Mayor's Healthy City initiative that has been a major pillar uh, in my administration and that we, where we have worked to uh, address the social determinants of health, but we've also tried to close gaps that we've seen. What do I mean? Let me give you some examples. Uh, We've received uh, million dollar grants where we've gone into zip codes where there's an absence of fresh foods and we've taken fresh foods into those communities. We've gotten dollars where we're working with Hope CDFI to implement and establish, I should say, a grocery store Mm -hmm. where grocery gaps exist. You saw me for the past two years, almost three years, Talk about move with the mayor so we could all be cognizant and aware of our own personal uh, uh, lifestyles Mm -hmm. and our health, Mm -hmm. which which impact us. And so we are also one of uh, the uh, few, if not only communities that has done a community health needs assessment back in 2018. So and we started implementing that plan, that plan you can find on our website at brla.gov our Mayor's healthy city initiative so yeah. we have a plan yeah. we've assessed the health needs of our community and what we are seeing in this crisis reveals much of the research that we've already yeah. had and well, have
1: you know when you when these realities exist before a crisis they're they're really highlighted and mm-hmm. exaggerated it's it's like if there's a hurricane or you know, when we have the flood here and it forces mm-hmm. people into their homes because they can't move around because of damage. Mm-hmm. Some of the same things are reflected then. And I, when, in times like this, there is so much emotion and there's politics. But the work that existed before still has to happen. Correct. People still have to have opportunities. They still have to be able to go. And, and, and for a lot of these kids, when you talk about r- restaurants or uh, grocery stores, I think people need to understand the way you eat your access to things other than fast food mm-hmm. impact your longevity and absolutely. your health right absolutely you know
4: because there um is an absence and void of of um of fresh foods and vegetables mm. in many of the corner yeah. stores that yeah. people access in the small yeah. grocery stores or just the um uh, regular corner mm-hmm. stores and the Uh, uh, stores like Dollar General that have milk and stuff. Now Dollar General has started implementing fresh foods and vegetables in their, uh, many of their stores right here in Baton Rouge. And so when people come into a Dollar General and they're looking, you know, you used to go look to the right and you see the fritos, the (laughs) cheetos, the Lay's potato chips. Well now the first thing you see are the fruits, the vegetables. And so uh, that gives people an option when they come into the store. So we need everybody recognizing um, uh, what is needed to elevate uh, the health of our, our entire community. Yeah. You know, I will tell you, while uh, a number of the uh, Uh, Folks impacted by COVID-19 are African-American, some of the largest percentages. One of the second largest percentages of people impacted right here in East Baton Rouge Parish are men. Right. Right. And so COVID-19 is not a respecter of persons. No. (laughs) So what we have to understand is whether you have an underlying health condition, whether you're African-American or not Mm African-American, whether you're male Mm -hmm. or female, you have got to be cognizant of your own personal health and 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 your your uh, lifestyle.
1: Well, you you know, you've been consistent with that. And I know when many in the media hear and they see the, the, the shiny thing about African-Americans, they seize down on that. But you've been consistent that it's across the board. And we've talked about this before. The coronavirus doesn't care what your zip code is or how much is in your bank account. We've seen it take out a spectrum of people of all ethnicities Mm -hmm. genders and 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 i think it's important overall so that leads me to another thing we are in the period of this where divisiveness is 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 rampant right and on you know on both sides and 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 it's frustrating and i've kind of backed away from a lot of the dialogue because i don't want to be a part of that it's not helping anything Mm -hmm. so how do you As an elected, and Mm -hmm. by the nature of being elected, there's politics all around you. How do you stay out of the politics? Because we've already seen Mm -hmm. it happen and even you being pulled into it Mm -hmm. with comments made. Mm -hmm. How do you stick to the goal of you got to do the job and Mm -hmm. it can't be right, left, black, white. It's got to be what's best for everyone.
4: Yeah, I know and firmly believe that it's in times like this, and you might have heard me say this before, that um, uh, leadership has the opportunity to um, really offer uh direction and mm-hmm. guidance, and uh, I will tell you nationally, statewide, and locally, if you were to take a poll right now, the citizens, they would all tell you, please, we do not support the politicization uh, or uh, of uh, or politicizing mm-hmm. uh what is going on right now right. We, right. need, we, we need help, yeah, we need a path forward, and we don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, red, yellow, black, or white. If you can help us, that's mm-hmm. what we want. That's what people care about. That's what people care about. And so um, you know as a uh, as a leader, for example, clay, i I have had calls every day. I just changed it this week since this started. I've had calls with state elected officials, uh, local elected officials, from state legislators, state representatives, state senators, uh, school board members, uh, mayors of uh, Central, Zachary Baker, everybody in East Baton Rouge Parish, I have uh, invited to the table every day to get an update from me yeah. on where we stand with COVID-19. Yeah. I have invited everybody to uh not only get an update but get information. I've pushed out information where they can empower their own constituencies mm-hmm. why because it, it's not about who did this or who's this or who's a Republican, who's Democrat. It's about the people. And right. we all serve the people. And our people are better served when we get politics out the way and focus on the greater yes. good of humanity. Do the job. And just do the job. That's what, and that's what our people want. Yeah. And so that's what, what I have been trying. That's what I've been doing. And I, I will say um, that, our elected officials, the majority of them, have worked together. We have worked together. They've, We've had 30-plus people on our uh, daily phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had people receiving information, pushing out information. We've invited, you know, the superintendent on the call. We've invited the Breck superintendent. We've invited our congressional delegation to get an update. The governor's been on our call. So I have been just utilizing... Uh, The ability to convene people Mm -hmm. to help us uh, do everything possible to be aligned with a message of a hopeful horizon for the citizens that we all serve.
1: It's, It's interesting because this month will bring about a different kind of frustration for people because there won't be high school graduations. There won't be college graduations, There won't, at least as we know it. There won't be proms as we know it, even though we're kind of out of that. And, I mean, for a lot of people, yeah. that's a moment that oh, yeah. people won't get I back get again. Mm-hmm. And so kind of speak to that because it's yeah. one of those things that people aren't talking about a yeah. whole lot.
4: So you're absolutely right. I get the frustration of students, parents, all the different – you know, my goddaughter is scheduled to – graduate from uh uh, baton rouge high school i was so looking forward to that you know but what we're senior in my house yeah what we're gonna have to do clay is we're gonna have to be as a community Mm -hmm. we just can't sit down and say oh woe is me there's no prom. there's no graduation and i'm seeing this happen where people are saying using their creativity and their innovation mm-hmm. in terms of okay, we can't be there physically. What's a plan B we there can implement? Go. And that's what we—that's a resilient community. But look, I, when you were saying that, I have to make you laugh. So I get call—I get text messages from my my uh, 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 number one fan. Uh, and we're both the president of each other's fan club. That's my uh, 16-year-old granddaughter. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, she texts me. Of course, she's staying up much too late at night because <laughs> she's looking at movies and there's no physical school. Right. So she's texting me like one morning at 4 o'clock. Graham, do you know when the stay-at-home order is going to be lifted? <laughs> uh, no, I can't tell you that right now. And what are you doing up at 4 o'clock in the morning? So... When the stay at home order was extended yesterday, Uh-oh. she sent me a snapshot of the governor talking. And then, as under that snapshot, was a mean face you well, know, yeah, one of those right, mean right, emoticons. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I shared with her, I said, No worries, you will make it through this. <laughs> That's right. And then she responded to me, bold assumption. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had to laugh at hey, that. Hey, look. And at four o'clock in the morning, she's like, if I know somebody knows about this, it's gonna yeah. be my gram, yeah. right? So
4: So I say yeah, that to yeah. say, I get it. Yeah. You know, our students who we love, our children, they they're going through, you know, our yeah. parents are going through. Right. Our teachers, everybody. So what we're going to do as a community. We're going to do our best to keep everybody encouraged to look for some alternative methods. I see one of my state uh, senators has now done uh, signs for all of the uh, participants in his uh, leadership institute, Cleo Mm -hmm. Fields. and. Every one of his graduates has a sign in their yard, and so yeah, that's good. We've got to be creative and think of some things. I've got something on the horizon. I'm not going to share it on this show, but we, I'm gonna share it with you. Okay, I'm gonna share with you (laughs) Uh, to encourage our high school uh, graduates, and so we've all got to pull together and do that. I've heard one organization talk about doing a Zoom graduation, you know. So there are a lot of different things that uh, that we can do to support. Uh, our our seniors uh, and our students doing yeah. this and, and then look forward to a hopeful fall. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, all you can do is be optimistic. We've heard yeah. from a lot of the medical people that there is going to be a second wave of this, maybe even a third wave of this before before it's done. So let's talk as we record this. The governor spoke yesterday where he announced an extension of the stay-at-home order through May 15th. Now, to be completely candid, I left that not really being clear on what is Mm -hmm. or isn't allowed. Yeah. Because while he said he's extending the order through May 15th, he also said things like restaurants can allow people to sit out if they have patios and have their food. And he didn't specifically say that you can't be served. He just said, I don't know that you should expect to be served. He, He said... Uh, he talked about businesses and not really said, I never told businesses that they should close. And I don't, I don't, so I don't know that people have a clear understanding of what is a do and what is a don't. Can you clear that up?
4: I I will do my utmost (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because I recognize that. Um, I'm going to give you an example of that. The other day I ran into uh, a couple that I know that has a small uh, store Mm -hmm. in, in a community here and um, she said to me, um, when can we, this was before the extended step. She said, do you know when we'll be able to open um, back up? And when she initially said it to me, I didn't process it. And I said, afterwards, I called her and I said, wait a minute. Aren't you a grocery store? Don't you have a grocery store? Yeah. Grocery stores can remain open. Mm-hmm. Well, she said, yeah, we have a grocery store, but we also have like a deli in our store. Ah. And we've been serving um uh curbside or pickup and Mm -hmm. you know people have been picking up i said well yeah you can continue to do that so you know under the exact extended order businesses uh that were previously directed to be closed are going to remain closed now that includes unfortunately for me (laughs) salons (laughs) salons bars casinos uh, and and some other uh, entities, places of worship will also remain limited to having no more than ten people inside. Now that was in the first order, uh-huh. and still remains. Um, businesses that are deemed essential may still be open. Uh, so we know that in the first order, essential businesses were you know grocery Mm -hmm. stores and restaurants where you could pick up items and so um i will say that um, i am encouraging everyone and i am going to take uh some very specific steps for east baton rouge parish Mm -hmm. so we will know there will be no doubt in terms of essential versus non-essential people don't know yeah because i know people are still yeah. people still have questions and i get calls on yeah. a regular basis so while that information is on the governor's website i'm going to take the lead in making sure that my businesses my citizens in east baton rouge parish have as much clarity right. as possible around this and, and i'm going to say this clay um you know i have a great relationship with the governor i'm uh i'm glad because Every mayor don't have a great relationship, as you can see in some other states with their governor. Yeah, but I've I do noticed. have I do have a positive relationship with my governor. I am concerned about people going to restaurants now and sitting outside. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't want to complicate things. I don't for know people. how you pull that off. Though. Yeah. I, and, I, and, and plus, I am saying very demonstratively that if you are in public, you need to have a mask on. Okay. So, and you can get a do co- that sitting at a y- table y- in front of a restaurant. Yeah, and see, this is and this is why it's so important that in the next fourteen days, yeah. till May fifteenth, I am going to lay out a strategy for specifically understanding what reopening looks like mm-hmm. in. East Baton Rouge Parish, because yeah. I want our people to be very clear yeah. about what it looks like, what right. it means. And so, first of all, we know that we have to continue to practice social distancing, physical distancing. That we have to continue to uh, practice good hygiene. That now you're we got to continue to stay at home, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so while staying at home uh, doesn't kill the virus, what it does it It saves lives. And whenever we get back together in groups, then infections are going to rise. And that's a scientific, a biological uh, fact. Mm -hmm. So we've we've got to adhere to that. And we don't want to increase the death toll. Um, What we have to understand, Clay, is that we are in this for the long haul. Uh, Many doctors Uh, That I have uh, talked to and I did my own personal research because the only other um, uh, pandemic that we looked at uh, that is always noted is the Spanish flu of 1918. Right. And if we look back at what happened then, we're reminded that the second wave of a virus can prove just as deadly yeah. as the first wave. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want that to happen. So what do we need to do? We need to uh, make sure in these next, till we get to May 15th, mm-hmm. that we practice those directives and that we make as many tests available as possible that they need to be and that's why i'm glad we opened that second testing site and that there will be more uh even mobile units uh uh, going around in communities talk
1: about that who came up with that
4: (laughs) well let me just say this uh there was a we have been talking as uh a community sure uh elected officials stakeholders in the community when those numbers got high Mm -hmm. Everybody was concerned about testing yeah. and the elevation of testing, and so uh, for me and many other people's it, people, uh, me and others, it was certainly notable that we must have some additional testing. Okay, so I did what I did with the first testing site was that I didn't wait on somebody to throw it in our lap. Mm-hmm. In our first testing site, I got together with our four hospitals. We didn't have any fun, funding. We established that with their volunteerism. Yeah. So I went to the hospitals, I, uh, Our Lady of the Lake, and I said, Look, we need to open up another site in a disinvested community like North Baton Rouge. Right. And so that is how the Our Lady of the Lake site emerged. And I've got to get a, give a lot of credit to Jared Heimowitz, who was over my Mayor's Healthy City initiative. He has been working day in and day out to come up with solutions to empower people and to help me as I lead our community through this COVID-19 crisis.
1: One of the other aspects of what's happening now is frustration from business owners. It's out there because a lot of businesses have gone 60 days without having Mm -hmm. revenue near what they did last year, year over year. And they expected there was going to be you know, some shrinkage mm-hmm. and, and and profit. But now you're beginning to hear a lot more from businesses who are saying, okay, let us open back up. I think we've gotten through the worst of it. And people are cynical about
3: mm-hmm.
1: how bad it is because they're facing the economic reality yeah. versus the health reality. So what's your message to businesses who say to you as mayor, you know, we want our mayor to say, we can, we can start again. We can open up as, as you have heard, communities do with mayors around America. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you say to that?
4: Well, I say that um, um, I want our businesses uh, to open up. I am uh, establishing a working group uh, under the Mayor's uh, Business Roundtable, which Mm -hmm. I've established for almost three years. Uh, That will be uh, led by uh, two uh, prominent business people Mm -hmm. in our community. And that work team uh, will give us a smart approach to reopening our economy here in uh, Baton Rouge. We have to understand, uh, Clay, that if we accelerate too quickly, uh, that we may have to slam on the brakes. Mm -hmm. Now, the other side of that coin is we can't be afraid. There you go. You know, you have to have a balance. People
1: want to hear that. You have
4: to have a balance. We can't be afraid. I mean, we can't be so afraid that we say, oh, I don't want, you know, I'm. but what we have to do and what I'm committed to doing is making sure our businesses are equipped with what they need to reopen.
1: Because the other side of this is economic devastation that reverberates through almost every part of our community. So you're right. So is it fair to say for people listening specifically for that? That there is a process underway to determine or or to begin the slow roll to open of the economy in the parish.
4: I would definitely say that I believe that what we are doing now uh, through May fifteenth is uh, heading towards phase one, uh, which meets the White House criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, businesses that are allowed to open um, will be limited to 25% of their occupancy. Yeah. But if you look at the White House criteria for phase one, there are certain things that they ask you to have in place mm-hmm. before you go into phase one. Right. And that is what we must have under control between now and May 15th. And that's why we're continuing to get that message out. Yeah. I want to see us move forward. On May 15th. Absolutely.
1: You know, it's the talk about the when we talked about the mixed messages earlier, an example of it is the president has been saying that we need to get the economy going. We need to get open. We need to we need to start up again. However, the order that still stands doesn't green like that. Mm -mm. So he's saying it as an expectation. But the policy that even the White House has in place hasn't swung all the doors open and say, go do it. In fact, he even was critical of the governor of Georgia for the governor allowing hair salons and barbershops and then eventually movie theaters. The president even said he shouldn't be doing that. So I think what what ends up happening is people get a part of something and say, oh, see, that's what's going on. Mm Context is so important to all of this. Would you agree?
4: Great example. And so this is what has happened. The president, as you well know, has deferred to the governors, the leaders of the state, to determine when they think it is best for their Mm -hmm. state Mm -hmm. uh, to reopen. And so we can't look at what's going on in Georgia or Texas. Do you know their numbers Right. Do you know their acceleration rate? Are they having a surge? Have they gone down in their numbers? Have they had 14 days Mm -hmm. where they haven't had anybody going to a hospital for COVID-19? Have they had accelerated testing sites? So every state Mm -hmm. uh, and every city almost is unique right we know that the epicenter epicenter is in new orleans right yeah uh and mardi gras
1: did a number on new orleans so we know
4: that's the where the highest rate so what is happening in uh new orleans certainly has impacted many of the surrounding uh areas Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day we want to make sure that as a state Mm -hmm. that we can i would love to see all of us be on the same page mm-hmm. on May 15th, yeah. where it's not just reopening uh, Baton Rouge or reopening New Orleans or reopening uh, Alexandria or Lake Charles mm-hmm. or Lafayette. Is you know, reopening Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah.
1: What do you do if a business now, and I'm certain this is going to pop up at some mm-hmm. point, if businesses say, you know what, forget it. We're just opening up. I'm just going to do it mm-hmm. and, and deal with whatever consequences come yeah. down the pike. They'll show up. The media is going to show up and say, "Okay, Mayor, now what? So,
4: yeah, you know, um, hopefully. Yeah. So hopefully that won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm the ultimate optimist. I'm going to believe that people there are going to be more people who adhere than those that don't. But the message is still the same. You are putting people at risk. If we're if you're not prepared, I just shared about, you know, how the virus is a scientific fact that when we get together in groups, the infection is going to rise. And so we want everyone to just ride this out for a little while longer. We're almost there. And then we can uh, see our 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 new reality Mm -hmm. and 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 get to a place where uh, we are thriving and prospering again. And I know it's tough. Yeah. You know, I I said to a group yesterday um, uh, through a, a teleconference, and I'm going to reiterate it. There are people who are hurting financially. Oh yeah. You know, uh, across all demographics. Yep. Our food bank needs food. Mm-hmm. They have people who probably have never touched a food bank before. Mm-hmm are touching a food bank? Yep. Who need help? Yep. So my message is: if you have a little bit, if thing, if you're managing this COVID nineteen crisis, don't hoard, but be a blessing to somebody else.
1: Don't you, even it, get me started on the hoarding. Don't <laughs>
4: don't, I, I, don't don't yeah. hoard, but be a blessing to somebody else. Okay. If you think. Or know that your neighbor may have some lack and you can fill that gap for them some way. If it's, you know, with food or money or resources or sharing your own food or cooking a meal or something, let's help each other out so we can get over this hump and and get to the horizon where people can go back to work where they right. can earn a living where they can get a paycheck and i get it businesses yeah. are going through the same thing so
1: and, because so you're sensitive to and 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 understand the um, what businesses are doing de- cuz i mean the frustration is born out of people saying everything i've worked for is about to go up and smoke and and i don't have and i can do something about yeah. it so Uh, it's for any, any, for resources, if people are wondering, Oh, so you mentioned one time you were here before about a financial literacy, things that you were going to do for people who are going to be getting checks as it relates to, to COVID-19. How is that going? And
4: a little birdie (laughs)
0: might've told me something that y'all are Uh, doing. That's pretty big.
4: Well, you know, we've had, uh, Uh, online financial literacy uh, workshops that started in the month of April. Uh, And these uh, workshops covered information like demystifying COVID-19 stimulus checks and creating and managing a COVID-19 budget and uh, securing relief services during COVID-19, breaking down uh, the unemployment uh, process and uh, tomorrow, uh, on Thursday, mm-hmm. we are having our uh, Actually, last Actually, that's
1: a couple of days from yeah, now as we record yeah, yeah,
4: this. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. uh, Thursday, we're having our last session uh, assessing spending habits during COVID 19 and beyond a new normal for money management. Mm-hmm. But it's not just the title I'm excited about, Clay. Okay. We have. And we're going to have a special guest that I will be interviewing during this seminar. Okay. A name that might be familiar to a few people, Uh, none other than the financial guru herself, Susie Orman.
1: That's a big, big
4: deal. Susie Susie Orman is going to be with us in our last seminar.
1: That's a big deal.
4: Tomorrow. I mean, Thursday. I keep saying Thursday. Excited to get to it. I'm very deal. excited to get to it. So, uh, if people want to sign up, it's limited. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have limited tele seating. I mean, that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, uh, and I'm very excited that she agreed to. Uh, serve us in this capacity. You know,
1: Susie Ormond has been, she's been one of the preeminent financial minds for a couple of decades, has written so many bestsellers and has helped so many people. How how did you, how'd you pull this off?
4: Uh, We can't tell all our secrets, uh, Clay. You sent us some crackling. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just, let me just say that she's a, a wonderful person uh, who wants to do wonderful things and help people during this, uh, during this time. And so Um, I'm going to have a conversation with her about, uh, a new normal for, uh, money management, uh, on Thursday. If you want to sign up for that, so how can
1: people sign up?
4: You can go to brla.gov, brla.gov, and, uh, you can, uh, sign up at COVID workshop. So you go to Mm brla.gov slash forward slash Covid workshop. Uh, they can also see it on the City of Baton Rouge's uh, Facebook Live page.
1: So will people be it's able to submit questions? It's going to be at eleven questions?
4: o'clock. Eleven <laughs> o'clock Thursday.
1: <laughs> will people be able to submit questions if they want or get questions um, to you?
4: Um, I think we will be able to do a few questions. Yeah, I need to yeah. uh, confirm, We're but be uh, flooded with questions yeah. too. And I, I just believe that uh, uh, Susie is going to. Probably answer
1: and oh, no cover all territory we may be thinking there's, there, about. There's no doubt. So she's going to give structure for people and teach them financial principles. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, so that's a big deal. I mean, there there are a list of names from the Coveys to the Maxwell to Les Brown to people who've been around Zig Ziegler. And then Suze Orman is on that level in terms of not just – her. Her style is financial, but it's practical in, in ways that you should kind of strategically exactly. live your life. So exactly, that's a big deal. Yeah, we're excited. So you know, maybe maybe this could be something. She get her back here once all the physical distancing is over. I and, uh, would love
4: to continue to build on that. Uh, all she's got
1: to do is come here and eat one time, and then she'll want to she be sold. back. She's
4: She's sold. <laughs>
1: Everybody says yeah. that. All right. Any other information that that we want to get out today? Before well, we wrap I up?
4: certainly want to encourage people. Uh, to get additional details uh, from our office uh, where we can uh, certainly share with you what the next uh, couple of weeks will look like until May 15th. Uh, Please stay connected with us on our social media platforms, feel free to email me at mayor at brla.gov. Uh, and I just want to encourage everyone to continue to stay calm, uh, <laughs> stay at home and stay strong. We will get
1: through this. We will. And, and so we'll do this next week with an update and kind of an, we'll get an after action report on the, the, the thing with, with Sue's Ormond. And that's, Thursday, this week, which is the 30th of April, if Correct. you're listening to this, at 11 a.m. Central Time, if you're listening to the show from Louisiana, but in some other place, and they can go to the mayor's or the city's Facebook page.
4: They can go to the uh, I city, guess they're of inter- ba-
1: city of Baton Rouge's Facebook page. And watch the entire thing. Yeah. Wow that's that's pretty that's yeah that's pretty good so f- free advice from suzy orman can't so, beat that I can't beat that free 99 free ninety
4: nine. <laughs> <laughs> i like that
1: thank you mayor thank you
4: so much clay
0: coronavirus it's changing as you and i speak right now yeah when the world changes there's one place the capital region comes for answers we have
4: increased stress and the closure of schools
0: podcast 225.com and the clay young show answers to your COVID-19 questions. That's
3: pretty much how
0: most viral illnesses act. From the people at the top. Truly an invisible enemy that we're uh, finding here. The world is changing. Are you ready?
1: Play Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, with some of the regulation changes that have gone on, it has limited the options available to the client, correct? Well,
2: the, the fiduciary rule is now here. Banks, okay. brokers, insurance companies all fall under the same rule. Okay. Uh, now, the question is, uh, what options have been taken off the table that they're not telling you they've taken off the table? Right. So I interviewed a lot of different brokerage companies, and ask the president, well, what products have been taken off the table? So, Mm -hmm. you know, A, B, C, and D were available. Now A and B is not available. So how would Mm -hmm. you handle that with your reps? She says, we just coach them not to tell them about A or B. I said, we're fiduciaries, are we not? That's not uh, right. That's not right. So, you know, fiduciaries to put the client first, the fiduciary decision is to give all the options, transparency. But the truth is a lot of these brokerage companies are are tying you down to certain areas. So the question Mm -hmm. is what options have been taken off the table for you? Give me a call. I'll look up your current advisor and their current firm and see what products have been taken off the table. Give us a call, for fiduciary
0: rule.
1: You can look him up online to see where his office is in your area.
0: BrianLoweFinancial.com This is The Clay Young Show.
1: Oh, good to be talking to you again. Thanks to the mayor president who was in studio with us. Big news about Suze Ormond Susie Ormond talking about financial literacy with the people of Baton Rouge through the mayor president's office. And I think that's going to be a big deal. Man, I <laughs> just kind of dragging a little bit today because of how the week started and just it's a little darker in these parts because of it. And just it's it's unnecessary and so senseless and you know, I talked about it in the open, so I won't I won't rehash all of that. But just it's just not the best way to to start a week. And yeah. You know. Anyway, we appreciate you guys being here. Don't forget to tell your friends about us. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, YoungBR, Clay underscore YoungBR on Instagram, Clay Young on Facebook. When you see posts about the show, as we always say, share it, let people know what's going on with it. You can subscribe on iTunes. And get the show in the the Apple Podcast app. You can also subscribe on the iHeart app. iHeart has a vast selection of podcasts and we are honored to be one of them. So you can subscribe there. Leave us a review, a star rating if you can. It helps when iHeart and iTunes are kind of organizing or pointing people in the in the direction of shows and we talk about what's happening nationally obviously and some of the news that goes on I talk on the show and I've had as you know national guests but when things are happening around this part these parts we talk about it here in Louisiana and more specifically in Baton Rouge and I appreciate it if you guys would do that I'd appreciate it if you would do it and with that just want to remind you to keep your heads up I know these are crazy times that we're in try to stay positive Remember, the energy you exude has an impact on little people around you, your children. And if you're in leadership, you know people are looking to see how you reply or respond to what's going on. So how we conduct ourselves has an impact on the environment around us. And I just want to encourage you all to just keep your heads up and we will get through this. Stay optimistic. Avoid pessimism, including pessimism on social media. People who are asking questions are one thing, but folks who are hell-bent on just spoiling everybody's day, why fight with that? Just cut it out. Cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. Foolishness is like fire. Don't feed it any oxygen. It only makes it grow. It'll eventually die if you just starve it of your attention and oxygen. Not literally as it relates to a fire in your home. Don't just ignore it because it would burn your house down. I'm sure you figured that part out on your own, but I just want to be certain that nobody says, oh, Clay said, you know, fires, like you know. You know how the world is nowadays.
0: <laughs> Y'all take it easy. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.